another episode of D is for Disney, the podcast, your favorite source for the best Disney news, media, theme park information, merch, pins, quizzes, and so much more. I'm your host, Neil Tucker. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the D is for Disney podcast. Today, we are joined by two very special guests. We have Andrew and James. They practice real estate out in California, where we are uh, very near uh, Disneyland and Anaheim, um, which is super important because, as you may have heard, recently Disney announced Catino, the very first story living by Disney community, which is going to be out in the Palm Springs area. And we are delighted to jo be joined today by Andrew and James. Hey, guys, how are you guys doing? Hey, how Hi. are you? We're great. Good, good. You? Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so first, honestly, I just want to hear a little bit about you guys, you know, where you're from originally, um, you know, what, what, uh, where you guys are specifically living now, uh, how close that is to where story living <laughs> might be, um, what you do, um, and, uh, you know, whatever else you want to share. Sure. Andrew, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. So I'm originally from North Carolina. Uh, James and I uh, are partners in life and business, and we we come from New York City. That's how that's where we were before we made it out to Palm Springs. Um, we both used to work uh, on Broadway in theater and in television um, in New York. Uh, we wanted to see if we could live outside of New York City. Would we, would we enjoy it? Would we survive? Could we escape the cold? And um, so we got our, we got our um, stuff together and decided to get our real estate licenses and move out to Palm Springs. We ended up moving out uh, January, 2020 and starting uh, working in real estate, which in hindsight, it feels like we got an insider tip, leave New York, get out of the entertainment industry and start a real estate career. So. It's been um, it's been an enjoyable roller coaster, you know, to to do that during the you know during the pandemic, um, but we've really enjoyed it, and I feel like James, you might you probably agree. There's there's a lot of our skills from theater and television and living in New York too that I think really apply to working in real estate out here. Yeah, um, like Andrew said, we both came from Broadway backgrounds, and actually, one of one of my first professional jobs was the Lion King on Broadway, working for <laughs> Disney. Um, and Full that circle. was, yeah, I was not in it; I was just an usher in college. But it was a uh, it was a really fun. That's how I learned, you know, all of my my guest my customer service my guest service experience. You know, point with an open gesture with an open palm. You know, all of the Disney cast members you're, you're not employees you're cast members they're not That's customers right. they're guests all of that so lived it firsthand and i loved it did it for years that's awesome um, that's awesome yeah and then we just moved out here and did uh, got into real estate as andrew said and um had some fun side projects too going on as well yeah and andrew like you say it really does it's like you it's like insider insider moving like uh, yeah instead of insider trading i mean that is wild getting right getting out right before everything sort of collapsed and you know it's not it's not even all back yet unfortunately yeah absolutely I mean I think the theater industry is going to take 
at least five years to fully recover, um, including, you know, parts of the, the theater aspects of the Disney parks and the cruise lines and things like that. It, it's right. going to be, I think, five years at least. Um, it totally feels like we had an insider trading moment where we knew we didn't, but, you know, where we, we got out of the entertainment industry at a good time and, and started in real estate. There was, of course, a moment like everyone had right after the pandemic hit where we were like, oh, my gosh, we have we made a terrible mistake because <laughs> everything yeah. stopped. Of course, the whole world stopped. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden that was maybe like two months. And then all of a sudden. Whoosh, everyone yeah. wanted to buy a home in Palm Springs there or the surrounding huge, areas. There is a huge boom for uh real estate sales in palm springs people who realized that they could work from home and could uh didn't have to live where they where they worked anymore realized they could live in a vacation basically and so many of them came out of the coachella valley a lot of people from los angeles from san francisco pacific northwest we had a lot of new york people come out and buy homes because they would always vacation here but were tethered to whatever city they were living in. And then all of a sudden they weren't. So there was a huge lack of, there is still a huge lack of inventory out here. And people are, um, people aren't really move, selling and moving because they like it here. And who wouldn't want to live, you know, in kind of paradise. It's great. Yeah, exactly. And I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but the fact yeah. that you said it's like living in a paradise or living in a vacation, I have a I have a feeling that Disney knows what they're doing when it comes to <laughs> like picking the first spot for it's for real life fantasy land. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of Disney, actually, um, I'm curious just because, you know, I'm uh, I'm a Disney lover, Disney fans, a Disney blog, Disney podcast. Uh, what is your uh, both of you? What's your first memory of Disney? If you can can remember. And then uh, also, what was your favorite Disney movie growing up, which may just be the one that you watched the most? I'm always curious to know what that was. Um, I, I have a, a ton of memories in the Disney parks. I'm a huge Disney file as well. Um, I, memories from like from when I got stuck on Splash Mountain and, you know, in all the characters in the in the in what was it in the woods were like, right. I got stuck in all the all the sound went out but the characters were still moving so they're like and it was just the creepiest thing and i had to climb out through a tree um i got tickled by pluto once that's one of my first memories i guess that was before they put in the protocol because i was on the <laughs> oh, floor no. and he was like all over me in a fun way um right, right, right. of course think, of course i think my first memory is um i was waiting with my family in line we used to drive down from new york which is where i'm from to walt disney world every thanksgiving uh, and we would spend two days driving down, you know, it was totally like National Lampoon's vacation. We were going to Wally World and, you know, we drove down there and it was a long ride and my parents were tired. And then we went to the park and uh, the lines were huge. And I just wanted to go on the Haunted Mansion. My parents were like, are you sure you want to do this? I think it may be a bit too scary for you. And I protested them and I fought and I like got so I was so riled up. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And we waited, I want to say like two hours, two and a half hours on a line. And, you know, they, we were waiting right in front of the door where they open it up to, to let you in. And like the, the attendant opens it up and he's like, good evening. And I was like, ah, and I started screaming and running. And my parents wasted all that time online. I jetted no. all the way to the back, chickened out. But that is definitely one of my first 
Disney memories, um, just being terrified at the Haunted Mansion. And I think for my favorite Disney movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's uh, probably Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Oh, what a good one! And that one just had a big anniversary this year too. Yeah, yeah, I oh, love that movie. Oh man, that's I I grew up loving that one too. That's a, and I love that you said that because that's one that's I, I feel like sort of underappreciated now. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it's one of yeah. the first live action you know, with all the magic going on. And- I love, it's a I great love movie. it so much. It's a great it movie. A great, yeah. It is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't, uh, so my family, I think we went to Disney World once um, growing up as a kid in North Carolina. So I don't have quite the same memories of the park, parks that, that James has. Um, but we had all the, we had all the VHS tapes, of course. Um I think honestly, the most my most memorable uh, kind of Disney memory growing up is the um, you know the music videos of the parks that they oh, would yeah. have where they showed the rides and the parks. Yeah, absolutely. And there was there was one with um, there was one that they did with Ringling Brothers Barnum Bailey Circus where it was like a tie-in. Um, so you know you got to see behind the scenes of the circus. So it honestly kind of I think you know that was so much more interesting to me than like the animated movies because it was like putting on a show. You were seeing people get ready for a show and uh, opening up the park and, you know, putting on a show, which is what that is. And so I think that stuck with me, you know, since I wanted to go into theater originally. So that, that was a big memory. Yeah. Those Disney sing-alongs, those Disney sing-along tapes, I wore those out. And I now yeah. come to think of it, I actually, you know, when you mentioned all the movies, Andrew, I remember, you know, the the bubble, like the bubble packaging for the tapes, like it wasn't just the paper sleeve. And now that I think about it, I, I'm sure that was done on purpose because they didn't fit into like holders, like typical video holders or typical right. video organizers because the sleeve was so big. And that had to be some kind of genius marketing thing on the part of Disney because it had to be, they had to be Separate. displayed basically. They had to be exactly. kept separately. Hmm. Yeah, thought about uh, that. Interesting. Leave it, leave, leave it, to, leave it to Disney. Yep. Yeah. Oh my love god, it. I love that. And you know, my next question was going to be, you know, did you visit Disneyland or Disney World growing up? Which, of course, you've already answered. And uh, I know that Haunted Mansion, James, was probably not your favorite ride growing up. But did you have a favorite like attraction or ride that was? I think once I got over the initial hurdle of uh, of the the fear of the, the terror <laughs> yeah the terror i think it was probably my favorite and then oh, i used it to was. have okay good oh cool. yeah totally it's it's like the best rise genius the grim grinning ghosts and all i um we actually there's a there's a palm springs artist named shag and he does a lot of disney work and there andrew and i actually contemplated buying a haunted mansion shag that they have and his store is right down the block from us um we oh, saw it in the window we're like oh my god i want the haunted mansion shag oh. but uh i also went to disneyland a lot i lived in la for two years working on a tv show and i had a se- i bought a season pass it was literally like the first thing i did i had like almost no furniture but a season pass to disney <laughs> like when i was out living you had out your in priorities LA. in order is, yeah, priorities as, as far as i'm in order yeah, exactly. And um, my cousin and I would go every, almost every Sunday because, you know, it was only a 45 or 50 minute drive. Of course. We'd be there. We'd go Sunday afternoons. It would be like super quiet and chill. And and we would, and that's when I think my favorite ride might have transitioned to the Tower of Terror. Oh, okay. You and I are kindred spirits <laughs> because 
growing up, I loved Tower of Terror at Walt Disney World. And when I first moved out to LA, because Walt Disney World was the first one I visited as a kid, because I'm from Alabama. And so obviously that was the closer one. And then when I moved out to LA um, in 2015, one of the very first things I did, of course, go to Disneyland and um, Tower of Terror was still here at the time. And I knew that it was going to be leaving. And so I was like, all right, well, I got to get my Tower of Terror rides in. Um, but now that it's gone, Haunted Mansion is definitely my favorite. So we are definitely kindred spirits. It's yeah. Haunted Mansion is just the one, you know, everybody has that ride that whenever you get to the park, it's like, I have to, if I could do this one ride before we leave, it almost doesn't matter what else we do. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that for me has been Haunted Mansion for a while. I also love Pirates of the Caribbean. I love the, the story rides. Yeah, yeah. Too. They're, they're great. I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's a ride at Disney that I don't like. Even that, that, that storybook land cruise, I like. Oh, I'm telling you, of. my wife and I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah. I was petrified of all rides. You still when I was are, a kid. I still am because I hate the feeling of falling. So, like oh. Tower of Terror, worst nightmare. Never done it. Never will. Um, so Splash Mountain. While I'll I'll suffer through it, I'm a nervous wreck until you know we're down at the bottom of the the drop. So for me, the the best ride was the dinosaur ride at Animal Kingdom, which is also Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. because you don't really fall. You get to go fast, you get to swerve, but you never right. feel like, you know, like you're, you're going to, you know, plummet. Um, and to test your, track. To your imminent too. demise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And test track too. I love fast. I love, you know, swervy, but not dropping. So test track was my favorite too. I, I also want to bring up an old classic that was another huge favorite of mine. It might have it might have been in close competition with uh, the Haunted Mansion, Figment's Journey into Imagination. Do you remember that? Oh, I I have never done that one. It was like the Great. most peaceful like ride. It, it felt like an acid trip, honestly. It was like a six yeah. year old acid trip. But because well, um, it felt like it felt like uh, Imagineers just got together and said, "We've got this cool trick where we can." have this animatronic turned around and then like change a mirror and turn him around and he's a different size. So like, right. it was like they, it was like they had all these cool tricks and they just kind of threw them into threw a them ride together. with, with John Cleese and this like dragon that's not in any Disney movies that I'm aware of. So it's strange, but it's a kind of cool. It's like oh, a magic yeah. trick. I love that. I love that. I haven't been to Animal Kingdom. It's been because um, when I went to Walt Disney World only once as a kid, um, it was before Animal Kingdom was even in existence. Now, my family has gone since and, you know, of course, loved it. And my wife and I would love to go. And I've had some friends stay at the Animal Kingdom and they say that it's a, a pretty a pretty magical place to stay. Yeah, I love one of the reasons that I love Animal Kingdom is because it was built in what, 2000, 1998, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went a couple of years after it opened and because it was built, you know, in the modern, you know, more recently, it's the, the, the way it's mapped out for crowd control is so much better in my opinion than like Magic Kingdom or, you know, Hollywood studios. So it's, it's really, it's, it's a great park.
it's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because when you think about the, that's a really, that's a really interesting point you make about the crowd control and the flow of the parks, because when you think about Disneyland and California Adventure, I mean, there, there are definitely pockets where just because of the way that it was structured and built, you know, over time, building out these different areas, there are pockets where it's like, even when the park isn't crowded, that area it's like cool. I'm thinking of like over in Tomorrowland where it's just like, it feels like everyone is in a bottleneck and it's just due yeah. to the nature of the way the park was built over time, you know? Exactly. We're, uh, we're, we're going to Disneyland on March 9th and we can't wait. Yes. That's, oh, so that's awesome. That's, do you guys have the passes now? <clears throat> we no, don't okay. now. No, no. You know, yeah. we didn't, we didn't buy anything during COVID like that because I know that they're, I think they, I actually think they stopped them. I'm not 100% sure if they're back yet or not, but they are. I thought they, they stopped them. They are. Andrew, so you're uh, right on, on both counts. They, they stopped them and they are back now. Um, so uh, the Disneyland annual pass was something uh, that was, you know, around for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at, during COVID, they, they did stop the annual pass and which my wife and I had. And so they called us legacy pass holders for a little while because you couldn't go into the park, but if you had a pass at the time that the parks closed, they would still honor discounts and things like Mm -hmm. that if you went to downtown Disney, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Sort of a nice little nod to that community. And now they're back and it's called the magic key or the magic key holder. And they have different levels of key instead of different levels of pass. So you can mm-hmm. get a, what they call a magic key now. And depending on what magic key you have, you know, you can reserve spots. And I actually like it a lot. It's basically the same system as the annual pass, um, except that you have to reserve your day in advance. And you might think that I would hate that, but I love it because of something we just talked about, which is crowd control. Um, right. So it has made the parks a lot more enjoyable, in my opinion. Um, and, and the pass that we have, we, we can go every day of the year. So um, it allows us to basically book whenever we want. So we haven't even really run into any issues where we couldn't book a day that we wanted to go. Oh, amazing. Anyway. Hmm. You know, so. Andrew, it's great. Your birthday's coming up, Andrew. No, I wouldn't do it living in Palm Springs. If I lived closer, I would. But, you know, with traffic, it can easily be like three hours to get. Neil, I'll meet you there. Yes, please do. James, I'm telling you, my wife and I are always there. So you just make a day trip and we're there. (laughs) I'm down. I don't care. I'm down. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. So we're going to transition because I want to hear all about what you guys do on a day-to-day basis. I want to hear about the, um, the real estate experience, you know, how long you guys have been doing it. You know, we talked a little bit a second ago or a few minutes ago about um, how the real estate market has been really hot and everyone wants to buy a house right now. Um, but yeah, so just wherever, whatever entry point you want to take, but I would love to hear all about what you guys are doing in Palm Springs and, and what that's been like over the last two years. So we're, we're entering our third year in real estate in Palm Springs. Uh, typically, day-to-day, we're helping buyers identify homes and make offers on them. And we're helping sellers list their home and, you know, try and get top dollar um, for, for their homes. Um, the, the thing that's happening right now in the real estate market in the Palm Springs area is pretty much the same thing that's happening everywhere. It's a supply and demand issue. There's too many people. There's so many people that want to buy a home here in the Palm Springs area, but there's not enough homes to sell them. 
So because there's so much competition, especially over mid-century homes, single family homes in Palm Springs, where you could rent out the home on Airbnb, which is very attractive to a lot of buyers, because there's such uh, because there's a shortage of those homes, there's great competition and buyers are paying a lot of money for those homes. Um, so, so that's, yeah. I was just going to say for your listeners and viewers who don't really know the area, I just want to be clear about what we say, what we're talking about when we say the Palm Springs area. So there's the Coachella Valley and the greater Palm Springs area consists of, I think, nine, nine different cities, all of varying sizes, Palm Springs, Cathedral City, Rancho Mirage, Palm Desert, Desert Hot Springs, Indio, Coachella, and it goes starts basically at the west of the valley, sort of when you come around Mount San Jacinto, and it kind of goes down valley for the most part, um, all the way through out to Coachella. Um, and of course, people are familiar with Coachella because of the Coachella Festival and Stagecoach and Indio. Um, Indian Wells is another city. So it's basically nine cities, and Andrew and I sell homes basically across all of the nine cities in the Valley. We focus especially and primarily in Palm Springs uh, itself. That's where we're based. Um, Palm Springs has a year round population of around 50,000, but during uh, during peak season and, you know, more events and thing, event weeks and things like that, it goes up to like 250,000. So it's, it's, it can, it can be pretty populated, just Palm Springs. And then there's the other cities in the Valley as well. So we've sold all the way in almost all of the cities in the Valley. Um, and Rancho Mirage is basically two cities over from us. So that's where Catino will be the new story living by Disney community. Right. I'd say it's about a 20 minute drive from, yeah. from Palm Springs. Yeah, right on. There's one um, road that kind of goes from Palm Springs all the way out called the 111. And <clears throat> Um, and you pass through all the desert cities, basically. You start in Palm Springs, it goes all the way down, and then you hit Cathedral City, Rancho Mirage, Palm Desert, and then you keep going out. So That's awesome. And, and so, yeah. like you said, Rancho Mirage is <clears throat> where the Catino Story Living by Disney community is going to be, correct? Correct. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you guys, what, what is your experience in that area specifically? There's not that many condos outside of Palm Springs proper. There's probably more condos, you know, per, per capita, you know, than in Palm Springs than in the other desert cities. You go out, you get a bit more single family homes. Um, I would say Palm Desert has a good amount of condos. Palm, you're right. Well, Palm which Desert is just past well. Rancho Mirage. Um, so we might not have sold condos, strike that, but we've sold we've sold in Rancho Mirage, um, mostly single family homes, um, some architecturally significant ones out there uh, with really, really great mid-century architects. Um, and uh, we, we have friends who, who have bought single family homes out there. There's a lot, when, when Palm Springs, especially during, Kind of COVID, the, the prices have soared in Palm Springs. They're up over 30% from last year. And they were up even, I want to say like 25 or 30% from the year before. So the homes have really increased in values. And, and as that's happened, we've seen a lot more people kind of move more down Valley towards Cathedral City, Rancho Mirage, Palm Desert, because they're getting more for their money right now. That's where the prices kind of uh, are a little, I shouldn't, it's not it's a big generalization, but 
we've seen more people be able to afford and get more for their money further down Valley than in Palm Springs. Okay. I'm not saying that that's going to be what the Disney community will be like, obviously. Sure, sure, sure. But, of course, of course. And yeah. something I want to, I want to go back to and uh, touch on something you, you just a phrase you said, architecturally significant, mm-hmm. um, because uh, I, I would love to, to hear more about what the um, sort of the significant architectural styles are in the Palm Springs area, because I have a feeling based on what I have seen so far of the artist renderings, and I'm sure you guys have seen it as well. Um, uh, that it sort of looks like they are building off of something that looks like a little bit, I don't know if retro is the right word, but it it feels mid-century to me. Um, yeah. And a, as a fan of mid-century architecture and, and design, I, I, that definitely piqued my interest. Is that something that is common in the area? Yeah, mid-century, the style mid-century, uh, mid-century modern homes are really popular here. They They were you know if you this if is the capital at, of mid-century modern it's the cap yeah and when you think about desert modernism when you think about the sort of brown craggly mountains behind it and this sort of vast this you know vast expanse of desert landscape and then you plunk something from the what looks like it's from the jetsons in the middle of it it's just that contrast that really stood out and made palm springs and and the the coachella valley kind of uh uh, real, um, you know, uh, really people really appreciate that that sort of, of course, juxtaposition, of and and I think that's why it's lasted so long. But a lot of these and homes I, were built uh, for for middle class families' vacation homes, but now they're uh, architecturally significant, like time pieces that, that have lasted. It, exactly. I mean, that's important to note that you know neighborhoods like the Racket Club, like Racket Club Estates. Um, Alexander, the Alexander Construction Company basically built these tract homes. You know, it was the same floor plan, three beds, two baths, 1,200 square feet with the carport uh, on a, you know, eight to 10,000 square foot lot. And they would just change the orientation to make them feel, or mirror image to make them feel a little different or a different roof line, a butterfly Mm -hmm. roof, a flat roof, an A-frame. So, um, Swiss Miss, which is very popular. So all these homes were were tract homes, um, and so they were not <clears throat> they were not expensive. I mean, at the time, I think you could get one for, you know, around twenty five thousand <clears throat> when they were first built. Um, and, and it's important to note, I think, too, for your listeners, that Palm Springs in the forties and fifties became popular because of the two hour, well, a little bit before the 40s and 50s, but it was so popular because of the two hour rule. When, when actors and uh, creative, uh, creative designers were under contract with studios, they had to be within two hours driving distance of the studios. So if they called up, uh, you know, some- Miss Monroe, actress, you're needed on set. Miss Monroe, we need a maid today. Right. She had to be able to get there. Wow. And so, so, you know, these actors and uh, creative designers moved out to Palm Springs, bought homes in Palm Springs because they were able to get out of the limelight, away from the press, have peace and quiet, but they were close enough to be able to go back and forth for their jobs. 
So wow, that's fascinating. That's, I, I was not yeah. aware of that. That's that's real. That's what. Yeah, that's a really cool. That's why so many. That's why so many. Um, you know, celebrities and actors were out here. Uh, you know, during those time periods. Um, so so yeah, that's that's you know one of the things that made Palm Springs famous is the stars used to come here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> and they still do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure. Um, so we're sort of running out of time on the, yes. the thing. I'm sure it popped up for you guys too. So I want to make sure that we touch on just a couple more things. Um, do you think you guys will be involved in the story living by Disney community in any way, real estate wise? I would love to be involved. I would love to represent a buyer um, on one of those homes. I think it would be pretty outstanding. Um, but it's important to remember that, uh, Disney um, is not the developer, nor the builder, nor the seller of these homes. They are, um, they're sort of lending their name and their spirit to them. I have, I have so much, I feel like I have so much to talk about with it. Um, even though, even though none of us know all that much about it uh, yet. Exactly. But what I think you could expect from the, the development is obviously everything they advertise, which is the incredible like beaches and the, the little beach area and just just a real eye towards that Disney touch but also I'm going to hypothesize here I don't know if it's I don't know how true it's going to be but I think you're going to see a lot of influence as well from the Native American tribes in the area because I know they talk a lot about um, or the, the cultural inspiration from from the Native American tribes because they talk a lot about the the land and um and drawing upon the cultural and historic significance of the area and and you know native american land out here is huge and i think that that might have a lot of influence in it as well um and i really look forward to to sort of seeing what they come up with and how they oh, how they incorporate awesome. that into their their um design but again that's just a hypothesis i of don't course, know no, and i understand i understand i but i can see that being the case and i would love for that to be the case that would be great no i yeah i definitely i definitely agree with james i think that's uh, going to be something that they lean on from a design standpoint from a business real estate standpoint i think it's probably going to feel a lot like toll brothers which is, um, you know, a company that does a lot of new build construction across the country. They do it in New York. They do it in a lot of other places. But um, you see a lot of that out here. And um, not to bust, not to burst anybody's bubble, but I would be shocked if these homes sold for under a million dollars. Oh yeah. Um, because even. What, what Toll Brothers does a lot is you'll see a list price of 950000 You think, oh, okay, I can swing that. By the time you change one cabinet knob and put it in a very small pool and spa, which you should, you know, which is, if you're going to live out here, you want those kinds of, you want that, you're easily getting well over a million dollars. Um, so, so I think these are going to be uh, more luxury homes in the same way. What's the community in Florida uh, that's like inspired Disney. by Disney? I think yeah, they did so, do a, like a Disney living thing down there. Like where the yeah. Disney, I don't remember the name of it though. Hmm. It's going to be luxury homes for yeah. sure. Um, I think it's great that they talk about having condos. I don't know if condos are going to be a part of the Rancho Mirage um phase of this if there are other phases 
Um, the other question is, you know, watching the video and reading the press releases is they talk about some of the uh, story, the, some of the story living by Disney being 55 and over communities. I, did see I don't that. know if that means a part of this Rancho Mirage, you know, Cotina uh, area is 55 and over. Does it mean the whole area is 55 and over? I don't know. They're kind of vague in that. Yeah, I don't. That. I don't think it would mean the whole one is fifty-five and older, especially because they're selling. They're they're planning to sell day passes and stuff to their lagoon and all of that. Like, I, so I would be surprised if a fifty-five and older community is going to allow public in to purchase day passes. You know, but you know, I'm not one hundred percent sure. Of course. Yeah, I, I I would love to take a day pass. There's, I mean, as soon as it's up and running, you know, my wife and I are going to be there. Like, on out <laughs> out there on the man-made beach having a blast yeah exactly. we'll see it we'll see in about five to seven years yeah. five to seven <laughs> years yeah no i know i know to the to the point of the celebrity coming out and all of that oh, yeah. in palm springs walt disney used to have his house out here right on um in uh, camino real and it actually just sold in uh 2020 back in like may 2020 and it was sold for one million ninety five thousand dollars and he and lillian uh built that together and it stayed in the disney family for uh, until 2015 actually um and that's and they designed, a deal that's that a, deal a deal right now yeah. yeah you could have owned disney's house our friends live right next door to it and we're like oh my god that's disney's house next door um so there's been tons of celebrities and notables who have come out to the valley for years oh yeah absolutely so james um you mentioned a second ago um that you felt like even though you know there's not a lot of information out like you could just kind of you had a lot to share sort of about Catino. Was there anything yeah. that you uh, hadn't touched on yet that you felt like you um, sort of wanted to expound upon? Well, I'd love to just go back real quick with what I said about the tribes and all. Right. It's called story living and Disney's about telling stories. And I feel like they always draw such great inspiration from their natural landscape and their um, their cultural the cultural heritage of the places that they go. They're so they have such great attention to detail. I really think that they're uh, and again, it's just a thought. I don't know how true this will be, but I sort of have this hypothesis that they're going to do a lot of um, extraction and 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 take a find a lot of wonderful things about the Native American tribes that were in the area and were native to the area, the Cahuilla Band of Indians, the Agua Caliente Band. And I really, again, it's a guess, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lean into that um, that aspect of, of the, the cultural richness of that Rancho Mirage and the Coachella Valley has. So I would expect to see a lot of that in there in addition to like, you know, you said some of the design elements of mid-century and stuff that they've shown in the renderings and all, if they stick with that, um, I, I think there's going to be a, a real richness and um, uh, depth to their design plan. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Disney is a lot like, um, you know, some other companies like uh, Apple comes to mind that is always trying to use sort of like the local elements and trying to, when whenever they build a new store, like in an area that has a Mm -hmm. um, a particular architectural style or, um, you know, sort of like you mentioned, a cultural heritage or something. I feel like they always sort of try to like build it into that same mm -hmm. mold and that same shape. And I think that Disney is similar, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I can see them absolutely doing 
doing that with Katina and, um, you know, and I know the renderings are just renderings, uh, but if it, if it looks anything like that, I think it's going to be pretty special. Yeah, it's going to be great. They've, they've really, they've gone beyond the parks, you know, with the cruises and the hotels and the adventures by Disney and, and the vacations. And, and they really always bring a special touch to it. And I think that like, I, I would be, I would love to live in that community. I just feel like, you know what you're getting, you know, you know that there's going to be a certain, they're going to stand behind the brand. They're going to stand behind their product. They're going to stand behind the quality. I, I hope it, I hope it does well. I own stock in Disney. I want it to, I want it to do, um, I want it to just same, same. as a shareholder. I'm like, yeah, yeah let's keep exactly. going. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. I completely agree with that. So I've just got two more questions. Um, I ask everyone that I interview this question. It's, it's become one of my favorite questions to ask. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, if your spirit animal was a Disney character, uh, which one would it be and, and why? So I think Andrew would probably say that I'm Rolly from 101 Dalmatians because I'm literally always hungry and he's a really great cook. Um, but I would say that I would, I'm Luca from the Pixar movie um, because he's curious. He's not afraid to, you know, kind of push forward with the things he wants. Uh, he really goes for it at that end of the movie when he goes off to school. Um, and I just got my Italian, Italian citizenship. I literally just right, got my Italian is, citizenship. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there we go. That's it. I think oh, Luca. I love that. That's awesome. Andrew, what about you? Um, I would say probably Remy from Ratatouille. I love to cook. Um, uh, I love to help my friends and the people that, you know, I want to be around. And I love sticking it to a cynic. So... <laughs> I feel I feel like I feel like um or someone that doesn't think I can do it you know or doesn't think I'm I'm good at something um so I think Remy yeah for sure and Pat Oswald that's very on brand yeah that's that no I I think that's fantastic I it, speaking of Remy um I recently got um so I don't know how long it's been since you've been to the to Disneyland specifically but they've and, and Disney World, actually, but they, they started selling these little shoulder buddies. Yes, yeah. <laughs> They're really cute. And I had, I had never gotten one before, but we were at the parks a few weeks ago, and I was like, I've got to get a Remy. Like, I saw someone with a Remy, and I said, I've got to get a Remy. So we looked high and low. We finally found one, and he was on my shoulder for, like, a, you know, a full day. And I lost count of the number of people that either, A, commented on it, or, or B, asked me where they could go get their own Remy. Oh my um, God! He has become absolutely so popular. I know James says he's like Luca, but when he is um, when he's cooking, he's very much uh, Luigi. Uh, Luigi, Linguini. Linguini. Very oh much Linguini. <laughs> and I am. And I am. I am ready. And you're the one pulling the hair to make sure that it. Yeah. Exactly. Very much so. Yes. Oh my God! I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, last but absolutely certainly not least, um, promote everything. Sure. I, mean, I know I've seen videos that you guys have done in the past, which were just phenomenal. Oh, um, I remember I, it was I maybe right when you guys first started. I remember a video you guys did, and I was just like, "This is this is this is how real estate should be done." Um, so uh, yeah, so anything at all, and um, for anyone that's listening right now, 
Um, I will have all of uh, Andrew and James's links in the show notes. So you don't have to write, write them down or remember them. You can just go click on them. Um, but yeah, guys, where, where can everybody find you? So, Thanks. So, so you can find our real estate um, socials at Escape to Palm Springs. Um, our website for, for real estate is uh, escape to palm springs.net. Escape to palm springs.net. Uh, we specialize in, in helping buyers and sellers in the Palm Springs area. And our mentality is this should be enjoyable. It's a, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of headache to buy a house. It's one of the biggest decisions you'll make in your life. And so we try and make it as easy and pleasant and enjoyable a process as possible. That's our goal. Yeah. It, everybody and should be happy at the end. Yeah, exactly. We love, we love helping buyers, sellers, all of our clients. And, um, and I'm, I'm going to promote, since you said promote everything, I'm going to promote something that is new and fun to me as well here. I just started a new business in addition to the real estate on the side uh, here in Palm Springs, and it's called Mogo Silent Disco. And it's basically a silent disco tour where people put on headphones that I provide. They light up, give out glow sticks. You request your songs in advance and everyone dances their way through downtown Palm Springs. It's like a private parade or a mobile disco. It's COVID safe. It's outdoors. We've got lights and all kinds of fun stuff. And it's like a workout and a dance party all in one. And it happens every Friday and Saturday night now through the spring. And then hopefully again in the fall, we'll start it up again because it's too hot in the summer. But uh, it's Mogo Silent Disco. And that so that Instagram is at Mogo, M-O-G-O, Silent Disco. MogoSilentDisco.com. Oh, I love it that. It's That's super awesome. fun. I, I think it's so you're going to be fun. seeing my uh, Amanda and, and <laughs> my, that's my wife. I think you're going to be seeing Amanda and myself out there long Please. before Cotino's done then. So we can do this. Perfect. That, it's perfect. so much that fun. That sounds like a blast. You need to get that on like Groupon or something. That's something I know. people just pounce on. Actually, that's yeah. a great idea. I should even write that down. I should put it there on There you Groupon, go. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I don't even like to dance. I won't dance. Don't ask me. But I still had a great time on the tour. It's, uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. And you get to basically walk through Palm Springs or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You dance through Palm Springs. Yeah. Dance through downtown Palm Springs. Yeah. And no one can oh. hear, no one can hear the music except for you and all the people on the tour. It's a really good time. Oh my God. And you look like an idiot. To, but... I was going to say, you know, people are going to be sharing that on their social media. Oh my God. Is, you know, yeah. you know, that's a common misconception because I thought everyone is going to think I look like an idiot. True. But right. Everyone, everyone that is out to dinner or walking around and sees this tour, they don't look at you like, who are these idiots? They actually look at you like, I'm so jealous. They're I want jealous. to do this. What is this? Why can't I be a part of it? That's what so, I should have said. You think you'll look like an idiot, not you will look right. like an idiot. Right, but right. You, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that, there's great. something really magical there. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Thanks. That's fun. Really, really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna. Maybe we'll do a Disney. Maybe you'll do a Disney night. Well, that's night. the thing. If you yes. got a group, if you got a group of Disney people, you, like we can do all all Disney songs. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Like it's so easy. I love that. Absolutely, I love that. We need to we need to make this happen. <laughs> I'm down. Do a giveaway. Do a, do yeah. a Disney oh, giveaway. Yeah, that would be great. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, I'll be in touch after this. Sounds good. That would be awesome.
Well, James and Andrew, guys, thank you so much uh, for being here and for doing this. I learned a ton about real estate in Palm Springs and what we can hopefully look forward to expecting from Catino, you know, the story living by Disney community, whether that's going to end up being the mid-century or with the Native American influences or whatever it is, I think it's going to be uh, really exciting. Um, so thank you so much for being here and for taking time out of uh, what I'm sure is an incredibly busy day in this hot market uh, to talk to me. Hey, thanks, Neil. Thank you guys so much and I hope you all have a good one and we'll be in touch again soon. Thanks, thanks. it for another episode of D is for Disney the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.